Well, thank you, worship team, for leading us today in worship. And um, I would just say I'm, I'm just grateful for our worship ministry, our um, classic worship ministry, our contemporary worship ministry. They led us well during the Advent season. They worked so hard to serve you and serve our Lord. And we are so grateful for all these volunteers and staff members that spend all that time in using their talents and their abilities to bless all of us. Aren't we grateful for them? So I just want to say thank y'all for serving us so well and caring for us. And so, great Advent season. Um, it was very meaningful, significant for us. Grateful for the year we had last year. And now it's time to turn our face toward a new year for 2024. Our theme for 2024 is Together. And we will take these eight seasons in our church's life and we will um, accentuate different parts of what that means to us. So for the winter, uh, which begins for us today, will take us through Ash Wednesday, which this year comes pretty early. It's Valentine's Day, actually. And so our theme will be Together in Christ Jesus. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today, what that means and introduce that whole concept our biblical context for the year <clears throat> is the book of Ephesians. Now, we're going to use the, the grand scope of biblical literature, but Ephesians will always be there for us throughout this entire year, and I'm looking forward to explaining that to you and why we're going to do that. But as I mentioned earlier today, we're providing a devotional guide every season for you. And uh, you'll be able to pick one of these up, and it'll last you through that particular season. So here's the first edition of that. You'll notice the... Um, uh, the artwork on the front of it together and what you'll, you'll see happening over the course of the year, you'll see the coloring in that word together will fill in over the course of the year till eventually it'll all be filled in. And the imagery is that all of us together are the ones that make this mosaic that we know as First Baptist Arlington. But in your devotional guide, there's a, a section every week about the sermon that I'll be preaching on. Then there is what we're calling together in word, and that is the biblical passage for the week. Y'all remember how I shared with you last Sunday that I'm not going to be doing, sending out to you daily Bible readings. Y'all remember this? But I'm still okay with you reading the Bible every day. Okay? It's just what I'm going to be sending to you is a weekly passage for your focus and your attention. Then you'll notice that our staff has put together what we're calling Together Indeed. Those are some suggestions for you to consider how you might take this text and actually apply it to your life. I also shared with y'all last week that we had been praying about how we're going to focus our attention and our energy. We're going to continue to provide ministry for everybody in our church. That's what we do. But sometimes we feel led to focus on certain areas, and we have felt led to three of those this coming year. Young adults and young families... Um, new people, and ministries. Remember, ministries is that combination of the word amenities and ministries. In other words, using our campus as best we can and being good stewards of it. So with that said, you know, when I think about where we are as a church, this is my 23rd January to be with you. And um, I just want you to know, I love you. And I'm very excited about the year ahead of us. Uh, you know, um, when I look back over the last 23 years, 23 and a half years I've served as your pastor, a lot has happened in, in our lives. A lot's happened in the life of this church. A lot's happened in our world during that time. And uh, I feel like we've been through some, some great experiences together as a church. And, and I just want you to know how honored I am to 
play this role in your life, to, to be this shepherd in your life. And to know that uh, that baton was handed to me uh, by this church. And following the, the ministry, Dr. Wade, who's right here this morning, to, to know that Charles led this church so well. And he followed Dr. East, of course. And, and for me to step in that line, I want you to know it's very humbling to me. And I, and, and I love you and I care very much about you. And as I was praying about this year, what do we need to do this year, 2024? Well, you remember for me, July of 2023, when I normally take the month of July um, out of the pulpit and uh, I spend some time on what I would call my study leave as I try to prepare for the next year, which is what happened again this year. Well, for me, this year was a little bit different. You know, our daughter was diagnosed with cancer in May of 2023, and it, it just changed kind of the entire dynamic of our family as those kinds of things do. Many of you have been through that and you know the kind of um, interruption, if I can just call it that, that, that it is. And so for me, it was a little different this year. I was not, I, I, we didn't feel led to go away and be away from our family at the time. We felt like we needed to be here and, and help, and which we were able to do. But still, I had a chance to uh, reflect and pray and spend some time just asking the Lord, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do in this next year? And y'all, I just, I just felt led to this idea of together. I, I had, as I always do, this blank piece of paper in front of me, ideas, prayers, and for some reason, I just kept writing that word down. And the next thing you know, I, I started looking at uh, biblical words that are translated together in the scripture. And it probably won't surprise you. There are a number of Hebrew words in the Old Testament. There are a number of Greek words in the New Testament that have the idea of being together. Now, you know, sometimes the word just simply means just be together, just physically to be together. But there's so much more to that in the scripture. The Bible has so much more to say about what it means to be together. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, as I reflected upon, I was asking the Lord, why, why do I sense the need for that? What, what is it? And I just started thinking back over what we've been through. And, and I know that it, at some point, we hope we can quit talking about it. But COVID impacted our culture, our society, and our world in a way that, that it's, just, it's just hard to measure. Um, I think about physically, many people died with COVID. We had church members that died with COVID. But y'all may remember the isolation that came when it first hit. Y'all remember? I, I'll never forget, we had that very first Sunday without all of y'all here. Only the staff came that Sunday. And when it was over, y'all, uh, we broadcasted it. Um, Kyle, our team, everybody made it possible. Praise God for the renovation of the sanctuary where we had all the technology where we could do it. We had no idea, did we, what, how we were gonna need all that. But I'll never forget that Sunday when we finished the service, the, the staff members that were here, we gathered right over here in this little section and I met with them and I said, good job, y'all, we did it. We can do this for a couple of weeks. We've just proven it. We can do it. It's gonna be fine, you know? It's, I mean, we're gonna figure it out. I had no idea. Months and months and months would pass. And, and new, um, new patterns of behavior get woven into the fabric of a, of a society that you don't even necessarily realize. And 
and then the isolation, the loneliness. Do you know when we finally were able to get back together um, and then in uh, October of that year and then later the next year we decided to have some kind of a, of a memorial service because we had families that couldn't even have funerals for their loved ones because you just, you just weren't allowed to do it. You couldn't even be with sometimes your loved one in the hospital. Y'all remember all this, right? It was painful. You know, you couldn't even visit people in the, in the hospitals or in assisted living places. Family members couldn't go. And, and uh, that first year, y'all, we had 100 people die in our church. Not from COVID, but you can't tell me that somehow COVID, the impact of COVID didn't have an effect on some of what happened in our people's lives. And, um, and then, you know, I looked at, at way ministers were trying to respond to it all and um, pastors and leaders in churches felt the pressure of it all. And then we had the whole polarization of the culture happening at the same time and all these arguments, you know, about vaccines and masks as if we're all experts in that kind of stuff. But somehow or another, I read one article on the internet and I know more about it than you do, you know? And unfortunately, you read one that had the opposite opinion and now all of a sudden you know more about it than I do. And we had all those um, just weird interactions and people then began to migrate away from the church. This whole de-churching thing just became a reality. We had people who left our church. I had conversations with people who said to me, I can't go to your church anymore, you're too liberal. I had other families say, I can't go to your church anymore, you're too conservative. <clears throat> and I thought, you know, I'm just kind of standing right here, I'm not sure what I am, um, <laughs> you know, but I don't think I've changed. But there was just, it felt like things were just kind of being mashed. You know how when you mash something down and stuff kind of squeezes out? That's how it felt to me. And it's just been, it's been challenging. And then the recovery of it all, I still feel like that that's what's happening. There's still some kind of recovery that's happening. And um, so I don't know, y'all. I, I, I got to thinking about, so, so where, do we, where do we need to go? What, what needs to happen to bring vitality and strength to the body of Christ in this era. And I just kept landing on, well, you know what? We need, we need to be together. We need, we need deeper relationships. We need, we need to belong more significantly. And then I start reading all this research about people that have left the church who no longer feel like they belong. And I feel like God has just kept affirming this in my spirit, that this is what we need to do. So y'all, that's what we're gonna try to do in 2024. We're gonna try to just be together, maybe in some new ways and, and refreshing and blessing some of the things that we already have, building on the community that we already have. Because I would tell you, after all that we've been through in this society and, and what we've seen happen this impacted churches and, um, and, and communities I would tell y'all, with all of that said, uh, I can honestly say to you, I am grateful to God to be in this church, in this season, with the hope that I believe we have in us. So I want to live this year with you together. And we're going to figure out how to do that more creatively and more vibrantly. And I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses it in your life and in mine. 
because I believe that if we'll give this year to him, I think this can be a pivotal year for us as a church. So that's what I'm gonna ask you to do this morning. I'm gonna ask you to commit this year to him and your sense of your own spiritual formation this year. Let's commit that to him and let's see what he does. So here, here's how it's going to go. Um, we're gonna start today. Let me give you the plan for 2024. Um, the first um, season together in Christ, I'm gonna do an introduction to Ephesians. That's what's going to happen over the next few Sundays. On Ash Wednesday, we'll have a worship service here on February the 14th. And our theme for, for Easter Lenten will be together in ascent. And we're going to read through the Psalms of ascent. And the Gospel of Mark will be our narrative in the life of Jesus for the Easter season. And then in the spring, together for God's glory, and we'll, I'll share messages with you from the book of Exodus. And we'll be studying Exodus on Wednesdays as well. And then the summer, together in the gospel. And we're going to use Mark's gospel to guide us as we engage in that conversation. And then in the month of August, I'm just calling that together. And we're going to do a deep dive on the book of Ephesians. And then together for the future in the fall, we're going to use the book of Nehemiah to, to uh, communicate that hope for the future. Missions Month, Together to the Nations, and we'll use the book of Acts. And then Advent next year, Together in the Light, and we're going to use the book of Isaiah. So that's, that's our plan for 2024. And all along the way, we're going to be encouraging, blessing, and prompting, and learning more <clears throat> about what it means to be together <clears throat> as the people of God. Okay? How does that sound to y'all? <clears throat> um, just knowing that little bit, are y'all in? Obviously, you're in your head 8.30 on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> but here's the good news. We have a lot of church members who aren't able to be here. Okay, we do. We have a lot of homebound members. And you know, we have ministries to them. Praise God. Our deacons are ministering to our widows and widowers. But we also have people like Bill Sky Eagle, Bill and Ivy Jean. They're watching right now from home. We've asked Bill to help shepherd and minister uh, to our online community, to folks who aren't able to be here anymore. You know, Bill and Ivy Jean, longtime music evangelists, part of our church family, and they are serving in ministry, ministering to so many people who aren't able to be here anymore, but they get to join us on Sunday morning through the, uh, the media outlets that we have, and they feel connected to us. Aren't we grateful? Can we just say to Bill and Ivy Jean and that whole team, thank y'all for doing this for us. We've been serving so well. <clears throat> We're so grateful. Um, for it. And so, uh, so we're going to do this together. Some of it is going to be hybrid because we have people that can't be here. But for those of us that can be here, let's get here. For those of us that can, let's come. And let's get invested in this place in a way that God would have us to be invested. Now with all that said, let me just, let me just open the book of Ephesians for you. <clears throat> we're just going to look at the first three verses. And it's a little bit odd because I'm going to break two paragraphs. Um, but it's okay. I mean, I can, I'm the one preaching, so I can do it if I want to. Um, but if you'll look with me <clears throat> at Ephesians 1, <clears throat> the message is together in Christ today. And this is an unusual letter from Paul this is Paul's least occasional letter. In other words, Paul's not addressing something going on in the church at Ephesus. This is a general treatise. And because of that, it, it is incredibly rich. Praise God, Paul wrote this letter. He helps us understand the church 
perhaps more so with this letter than anything else he wrote. And I'm so grateful for it. So here's what Paul says. Look at Ephesians 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, here's where I want us to begin this morning. In Christ. You see that phrase? In Christ. That phrase, that imagery connected to that phrase appears 164 times in Paul's letters, 36 times in Ephesians. So if you want to know the central theme of Ephesians, you're going to be hard-pressed to argue me out of in Christ. So, so just, just look at, if you have your Bibles open, just look at Ephesians 1. Now, the reason I said I'm breaking up a paragraph, Paul wrote this in Greek. If you get to verse 3, verse 3 to verse 14 is one sentence in Greek. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> one sentence. Okay, it is complex. Um, but I want you to notice in verse 1, in Christ Jesus. Verse 3, in Christ. Verse 4, in him. Verse five, through Christ. Verse six, in the one. Verse seven, in him. Verse nine, in Christ. Verse 11, in him. Verse 12, in Christ. Verse 13, in Christ. Verse 13, in him. What, what Paul is saying to us is you are born in Adam, you are reborn in Christ. So something has happened to us that is miraculous and mysterious. As a Christian, you now are in Christ. So that means you're not just together in a church because you like your church. Right now you're in the church because you are in Christ. Something has happened to you that you may not even realize or fully understand. Something dynamic and spiritual has occurred in your life because you have been born again in Christ. You have been delivered from just being in Adam. Everybody is in Adam. Every human being on planet Earth is in Adam. But those of us who've met Jesus, we've been delivered from the destiny of just being in Adam and we've been rescued and we are now in Christ and something has changed. So together, as believers, we've been joined together with Christ and with each other through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. In Christ, something has happened. <clears throat> Constantine Campbell has written an incredible commentary on the book of Ephesians. It's a new commentary in the Pillar Commentary series. Here's what he says. He says, if you want to talk about being in Christ, well, what does that mean? Well, it means union with Christ. It means participation with Christ. It means identification with Christ. It means incorporation um, into Christ, union with Christ. That means you now have the presence of Christ with you, indwelling you. You participate with him in his story, in his narrative. You are identified with Christ. You are in the realm of Christ now. You are, you are under his leadership. You've embraced his lordship. You're incorporated in Christ. You're a part of the body of Christ. Something miraculous has happened to you that is beyond your ability to do it yourself. But God, through Jesus, has put us all together in Christ. So if you look at Ephesians 4, we're going to unpack Ephesians 4 over the next few weeks here as a church. 
But you get to the end of this first opening section of Ephesians 4, verse 14. Paul says, after everything in Christ that's been done for you, and he's given these gifted people to you, then we can no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him, the whole body, joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're together in Christ. And we're part of something that is grander than anything we could ever imagine on our own, and that is his body. So if I had to just sum it up, I'd sum it up like this. We live, we work, we worship, we follow Jesus together in Christ. We do it together. And the way it works is, y'all, we get our lives attuned to Jesus. And as I do that, that allows me to have my life in tune with you. You get your life in tune with Jesus. And if I get my life in tune with Jesus, then our lives can be in tune together. The old preacher, A.W. Tozer, used to use that illustration. He'd say, if you would take 100 pianos, now I'm not a musician, so I don't know this, but he says, if you'll take 100 pianos and tune them to the same tuning fork, they're all automatically tuned together because you got one standard. I don't know, Aaron, if that's right or not, but I'm just saying it, so nod and make it look good, okay? Thank you. Aaron says I'm right. So, point is, we're all in Christ, and if I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, then you and I can be in together. We can work together. We may not be the same. We may have very different views, different perspectives. That's a part of the beauty of this thing. Somehow, God can take all these differences and all this diversity and bring unity to it. And he does it in Christ. And we do it together. I've shared that story with y'all that uh, where William Shatner finally went on his trip to space and he said when he got up there, he, he was so excited about it and then he said everything that he had hoped for was wrong. He said, here's what he said, everything I expected to see was wrong. I had a different experience because I discovered that beauty isn't out there, it's down here with all of us. He said, leaving behind my connection with my planet left me empty. Well, duh. We're not designed to live alone. God's designed us together to enrich each other's lives. After that terrible shooting that happened at Michigan State University, there were some professors, the dean, associate dean of one of the colleges, the Peabody College at Vanderbilt University, sent out a note, an email to the staff and the students in response to, to the tragedy on that other campus in hopes for what needed to happen in making sure they were caring for people on their own campus. Well, when they sent the email out, they, had to, they admitted that a part of the email was written by ChatGPT, the artificial intelligence tool. Well, some of the students and other professors responded and said, you gotta be kidding me. You've just written us this emotional, heartfelt message to our campus, and you didn't even reflect enough on yourself. You let some computer write it. Well, guess what? Those two deans got suspended. Because there they were trying to write something heartfelt, and they said, you put it in the hands of a computer. Y'all, um, we don't need more computers to help us figure out how to get along with each other. We need each other. We need to be committed to each other. And so we're going, as a church, do our best, 2024, to figure out, in spite of all of our diversity, all the challenges, how to do this together. So this morning, I want to invite you into an act of togetherness. And what it means to be 
in Christ. So we're going to celebrate communion together. So I'm gonna ask our, our ministers to take their places at the various stations, our deacons, if they'll go where they need to go. And here's how we're gonna do it today. We're gonna have a time of prayer. And when I finish the prayer, once you've committed and, and you're ready, we're gonna ask you just to get up from where you are, come to one of these stations and get the elements of the Lord's Supper. And y'all know that uh, y'all are savvy enough to know now they're double stacked, right? So you'll get one of those little stacks. It'll have two cups, juice and bread. Take it back to your seat. And, um, and as you feel led, just go ahead and take the elements there at your seat. It's an act of commitment today to this new year. If you need gluten-free, they're available in these, these extra trays, okay? Those of you in the balcony will have deacons up there to assist you as well, but you can come down if you'd like to. If you can't get up, that's okay. Just raise your hand. And one of our ministers will have someone who will bring you the elements that you don't have to get up if you can't. But this morning, I want us to pray together and commit this year of togetherness together uh, as a church family. And then as we do that, as a sign of your commitment and humility and your union with Christ, we'll participate in communion together. So let's just pray. So first of all, I just want to take just a minute and just give you the chance. Just pray for our church. However you feel led to pray for our church, just pray for it. Now, Pray for our staff. So grateful for the people who serve this church. Let's pray for them. Pray for our leaders. Now take a minute and just pray for yourself. What is God saying to you about 2024? And let's give him the opportunity to work and let's commit yourself to this new year in front of all of us. And let's commit this whole idea of being together to the Lord. Well, Father, you've, you've heard the prayers of your people. I love these people. I'm so grateful for them. And I ask now, Lord, for just the powerful sense of your presence here in this place to rest upon us. We pray your blessings on this bread and fruit of the vine that remind us of the body and blood of Jesus and that we are in Christ as your people and we ask your blessings on us as we'll receive these elements. But I pray your blessings on these commitments that are being made across the life of this room and people that are joining us at home that we will see this year as a year where we are brought more deeply together than ever before. And we commit ourselves to it in Jesus' name, amen. Some of you have already taken the elements, but if you haven't, I'll guide you through them. This bread, we believe, represents for us the very body of our Lord. You can take and eat this fruit of the vine points us to the very blood of Jesus, which was shed on our behalf on Calvary's cross. You can drink it. And all God's people said, amen. amen. We've committed this year to the Lord. And it's very humbling to be in his presence. It's a beautiful thing to be together in Christ, which is what we are. And we've just had a beautiful demonstration of that. And so... Together in word this week, Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. I'm going to ask you to reflect on that passage. As I mentioned earlier, it's, it's one sentence in Greek. It's a deep, theologically rich passage of Scripture. We'll give you some guidance in um, your devotional guide. And then together indeed, we'll take this text and begin to put flesh on it. And so we have some suggestions 
Parents, if you're engaging in devotional time with your children, with your family, there's some guidance about how to do that, how to reflect upon this text with your, with your families. Um, but as you think about ways that you can deepen your relationships, this week will be a week to begin that process. Maybe sharing a meal with someone, a fellow believer in our church, maybe as a family, spending some time together, reflecting upon these texts. In other words, we want you to put this into action. The togetherness really starts with you, starts in your own context. For those of you that um, have family members who live at home with you, it starts there. But your community of faith here at this church, we want you to deepen those ties. And as we do that, y'all, we want to make room for others because there are people all around you who don't have those, who don't have those deep connections. And let's search out the opportunities for how we can make that available to others.